Hi and welcome to Daily Dose Dunny. This is episode 7. Today I found an inspiring entrepreneur who is based in the UK but will be moving to Hong Kong soon. Ellie is the founder of Rise Network, a supportive community which aims to bring people together to pursue their career and business goals through community and collaboration. Ellie focuses on the importance of having conversations around emotional well-being and helps people push past self-doubt to achieve their goals. Hi, Ellie, and welcome to the show. Can you tell us a bit more about yourself? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, so, yeah, I'm based here in London um, in the UK. Um, I'm head of events uh, for a luxury hospitality group um, and I'm yeah the founder of Rise Network as well. Um, but yeah, I've basically spent almost a decade just planning events um, and obviously developing client relationships has been the foundation of everything I do. Um, so yeah, I wanted to basically, you know, put together a community uh, to be able to create experiences and make sure that, you know, now more than ever, we're communicating with each other, really. Cool. Yeah, I think that's so important because um, I know so many companies and people are having to deal with a lot this year. So I think having positive and good communication within companies and even outside in our personal lives is very important for this year and coming exactly. up in 2021, of course, for sure. Cool. Yay. So um, what uh, what sort of inspired you to start uh your um sort of side idea to to start developing this um emotional well-being um business of yours yeah well to be honest i think really it started obviously throughout obviously planning events you know you're putting together um experiences to kind of bring people together and i think a lot of the time in the event industry as well you know you're working kind of long hours it can be really um busy and often you don't always have time to really you know look after your own mental well-being and i think this year especially with you know the pandemic um, I think it's just highlighted the amount of support that people really need around well-being and you know like people look after their physical health so I always kind of have believed that people should be looking after their emotional health in the same way um, because I just think that you know whether it's your business whether it's your career whatever you're kind of working towards I think it's really important to make sure as well that you know your mental well-being is prioritized um, I think you know especially this year so many people have lost their jobs you know they're not really sure what to do next really and I think with a lot of self-reflection and re-evaluation this year um, I really just think it's a time really probably to launch it so that's kind of why I put as much effort into it as I possibly could um, and yeah I think you know healthy communication is one of the kind of core pillars as well around mental well-being and I just think that without kind of having this you can't really focus on your goals in the same way so yeah yeah, no, I definitely agree. I just had a podcast the other day with uh, Steffi, who lives here in Hong Kong, and she does yoga and life coaching. And uh, I think a lot of topics are coming up this year where people are trying to focus more on mental health and emotional health and well-being. And people are being more open about discussing, discussing topics like that um, because this year has been so tough for so many people. Yeah, exactly. No, I completely agree. I think it's definitely something that people have obviously maybe been thinking about, but haven't always had time to prioritise. And I think this year has put a lot of things into perspective um, and made people, you know, question a lot of that and want to spend more time on self-care, for example. Exactly. So I'm so excited that this topic has become more um, 
sort of the front runner this year and next year. And I think to continue on in the future, it's a very important topic to have. I think um, people are wanting that more balanced lifestyle. So just to hop on to the next question, you mentioned obviously the importance of mental well-being and healthy communication as part of the service that you provide. Can you elaborate on some of the issues you've seen arise this year um, in different topics that you've had to deal with with individuals or companies that have wanted to work with you or have worked with you? Yeah, of course. So I think, um, to be honest, one thing I've noticed as well is that whether or not it's within a company or whether it's for an individual, I think it's definitely the importance of the relationships that you have. So whether that's in your personal life or whether it's in your in the workplace as well. Um, And I think one thing when it comes down to obviously making sure communication is right in the workplace, it also look, you know, you have to look at self-awareness because I think often people don't always know how they are actually communicating with someone else. You know, you think you might know what you're saying or how it comes across and not everyone always knows that. And also, I think it works the other way as well in the sense of, you know, you can read into things or jump to conclusions and assume that maybe we know what someone means. And I think there's so many kind of nuances and things around communication that we really need to explore, especially in the workplace and especially really in any relationship just to make sure that we maintain it um, healthily. Um, So yeah, I think it's really crucial to take the time to learn more about yourself and how you communicate and how you want other people to as well. Um, So that's definitely something um, that I've had to focus on, yeah, a lot really this year. Um, And I also think the kind of importance of mental contrasting, because I think there's a lot of people talking about, um, you know, positive thinking um, and how important it is. And I completely agree. You know, it's really good to try and get into that mindset when you can. Um, But of course, I think it's more important that you're combining that with action because, you know, you can't just wish for things to happen. But I think the idea of, you know, reflecting on your emotions, visualizing, you know, where you want to be and then actually putting an action plan to make that happen. I think they're all really important. Thinking about now more than ever before, really. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I remember that uh, a few years ago when I was still working in a company in Korea, the team was quite international and we all were from different countries. And I particularly remember communication was quite hard because it was always cultural differences we had to deal with. And I wish that that company had put a little bit more effort in helping an international team work together in a more sort of effective way that that culture didn't become an issue and that we were able to more clearly understand each other. Um, So definitely working abroad, I can see sort of the importance of communication and not misunderstanding each other, uh, because I've personally had to go through that a lot, obviously living and working in Asia. So I think it's great what you're doing. Um, Do you have any like uh, tips or programs that you develop that's like part of the action plan or the next steps or exercises that people can do? Yeah, there's quite a few, actually. I know, obviously, it depends really what people are looking for to kind of get out of it. I know, of course, some people, you know, want to have time to just relax and calm and things like, you know, apps obviously like Calm are really great for kind of, you know, meditation and kind of relaxing. Um, But I think what's really important is the kind of practical tips, because I think there's so much out there to help people with um, different elements of it. But I think sometimes you know, it's combining it, like I say, with the action. So one that I really do is to kind of look at visualizing, you know, where you want to be, say, in a year's time um, or even kind of a couple of years time and then being able to work back from that. So how if you know what your final goal is, you know, you can look at actually working back and putting all the plans into 
you know, into like an action point, uh, breaking everything down into small steps and then looking at ways you can work with your mindset to actually help you stay kind of accountable. Um, and I think in business or in anything to do with your career, really, I think that's really important to be having these action plans um, and to be breaking things down into smaller steps. Couldn't agree Definitely. more. Yeah. And I do personally love the Calm app. I often use it if I can't fall asleep <laughs> at night. <laughs> Same here. Same here. I think, honestly, it's so amazing. I think they've done so well. And the app is absolutely, you know, skyrocketed. And I think it's clear that people have needed things to help, you know, with relaxation. And yeah, I use it a lot. So I think it's really great. What's your favorite part about the app? I don't know, really. I think, to be honest, um, for me, yeah, I always find it hard sometimes to go to sleep. So just being able to even have some kind of noises on or music or something in the background. And I think also a lot of um, a lot of it forces you to actually uh, breathe correctly. And I know for me personally, I hyperventilate um, a lot. So throughout the day, you know, I find myself thinking, oh, I've got a headache. And then I realise that it's actually because I've spent a lot of the time breathing quite you know, quite shallow breathing and not really thinking about that. So I think having an app that then almost forces you to slow down, to actually breathe correctly before you go to bed. Um, I think things like that are really important and it's helped me sleep so much better since I've been using it. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I actually do need to try out some of the other features that are like meditating and yoga. I've only ever used it for sleep, but I know it has a lot of different features. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it definitely does. It has so many, but like you say, if you know something that works, I tend to end up just sticking with that. But yeah, you're right. It's got really good features. Exactly. Um, So yeah, as I mentioned previously, I spent a few years working abroad um, with all these cultural differences. Um, what are some of the ways you encourage a healthier workplace communication? So I think really, I think one of the most important things um, is also the way that leaders kind of communicate as well with their teams. So I think a lot of the time, a lot of the well-being initiatives and things that people do are to work with employees. Um, but I think what's really important as well is to look at how leaders are communicating with their teams as well. Um, because I think, like I say, communication is the most important thing. And I think so many things can get lost if people aren't communicating openly um, and facilitating that sense of trust. Um, So, yeah, I would definitely say um, that's really important. And I also just think, yeah, speaking to employees, looking at your self-awareness, looking at um, your kind of needs and expectations. So often, you know, when people communicate, um, we, we can jump to conclusions and assume that we know what someone means because of the way we're, you know, kind of experiencing the situation ourselves or because of past kind of situations. And I think it's really easy to do that. So I definitely um, enjoy really working, you know, workshops and things that are really around that um, and around actually being aware of your communication skills and your expectations and what you actually want to get out of a conversation as well. Yeah, that's very true. That's um, I'm so glad you're delving into this topic because I, I personally think it's something that all companies need to start implementing a lot more because there's so many more international teams and working remotely and people are sort of just texting instead of meeting face to face. And a lot can yeah. be lost in that in the in the communication because you <laughs> lost can't, in translation. Exactly. Or because you can't see someone's facial expressions. So. Yeah, it's actually really difficult. I actually was reading an article a while ago about how even people who are very kind of extroverted, um, they're actually finding the Zoom calls a lot harder than other people, which people didn't always think that would be the case because they thought, you know, if you're quite extroverted, maybe you're quite happy to be on the, you know, the Zoom calls. But actually, 
often what you do is you're reading people's you know you're reading people's expressions and how they react to what you're saying and if you can't do that on on the zoom because you can't really you know tell who's thinking what and it's really hard to you know gauge people's reactions it can actually be be harder for people so i definitely think that with everyone working remotely you know it's it's more important now, now more than ever that we are really you know honing that and making sure we get it right really yeah for sure i've heard a lot of people that are actually hosting webinars and events say they miss being in front of a crowd because there's that personal yeah. interaction and it feels so cold doing it on a webinar, you know, when, when you can't always get those expressions and, and connections. So I definitely think there's a skill to be able to hosting a webinar and feeling confident and engaging and being able to have that personal connection still. Exactly. Cool. So why did you start the service? What was the need? What was the gap in the market that you saw and wanted to offer for people? Yeah. So there's a couple of things, really. I think one of the things was that, um, of course, whether, you know, you're working for a company remotely or whether it's that you're setting up your own business. Um, you know, a lot of people have been made redundant. I think there's a lot of people out there now who probably are missing those workplace interactions. Um, so one thing I wanted to do was create a space and create a community um, for people to be able to connect and collaborate with other people who are also maybe in a similar situation. Um, I know for me personally, you know, I really miss like you know, seeing my friends every day in work. You know, it's something that I really love. Um, and I think just being able to be in a space where people are, you know, connecting and collaborating and getting to know other people's stories. Um, because I know there's a lot of advice out there. There's loads of coaches out there. Um, there's a lot of often conflicting advice as well. And I thought if I could just even collate, you know, bite-sized tips, you know, plan these events and get discussions with different speakers on different topics, it's just good to get, you know, these conversations going. And I think people really learn from, you know, listening to other people's stories. Oh, definitely. I think now that I've seen more, a lot of people are starting all these online uh, workshops and events and, and guest speakers. And I think it's such a great way to stay connected because we're all feeling a little bit disconnected, not being able to travel or see families. So I, I think that's such a great idea. Yeah, exactly. So you talk a lot about the importance of communication and relationships, whether in a personal or professional setting. Can you share more about this? Yeah, of course. So I think um, one thing I talk a lot about as well is, you know, kind of conflict, for example. I think whether it's in a workplace or whether in your personal relationships at home, you know, that can really affect your day, obviously, of course, you know, if you have an argument at home or if, you know, something stressful happens in work. And I think we can't just avoid conflict. It's always going to happen. Um, but I think it's important to look at, you know, how we actually deal with it. Um, you know, because I think a lot of the time we know that, of course, even if we're angry about something else, you know, it can kind of spiral and, you know, um, you can easily react differently or more dramatically over different things, depending on obviously how you're feeling already. Um, and I think even the language that we use. So, you know, if you're in a kind of um, argument with someone or you're thinking about a situation, often we can use language where it kind of blames the other person without considering all the facts um, and emotions associated. And I know that I do it a lot. I'm sure when, you know, you get into an argument and then you're kind of like, you know, you've done this or you've done that. And you suddenly realise that things can get escalated quite quickly. Um, and I think in a business setting, it's even, you know, more important because you don't always necessarily have a really strong pre-existing relationship with that person. So it can be even more important to make sure that you deal with conflict. Um, 
in the best way. So I think that's definitely something that I think is important. Um, and I also think when it comes to, um, you know, if you're setting up a business as well, um, or whether it's, you know, you're a freelancer, perhaps, or whether you're setting up your own company, I think it's also about communicating your services in the right way, you know, looking at the benefits you're bringing. And rather than, you know, we often assume that, okay, this person is going to really want our service. But until we're actually asking them the right questions, we don't know, you know, we again, we're always assuming, but we don't always take the time to make sure that we know exactly what they're looking for. Exactly. I think um, I know it was last year, I think I did a course on um, digital sort of management. And I thought it was great because they actually encourage like people shouldn't frown upon conflict, like conflict can actually be a great learning curve. It can be a great way for team members to really get to know each other because we all do think differently and conflict is inevitable but it's just the way we deal with it and the way we manage it in, in a workplace that it can really bring out positivity or negativity um, if it's dealt with properly yeah I couldn't agree more I really yeah I completely agree I think like you say it is something that's always going to happen and I think with anything like that it's how we deal with it that's the most important thing exactly exactly um, so yeah on to my last question um, what are some suggestions from the lessons you have learned on how to help people uh, start their own businesses? Or what are the top five things you can recommend or advise to someone? So, um, yeah, there's a few different things. Um, so I think one thing, obviously, um, is, yeah, I think focusing on your mental well-being and obviously your self-confidence. I think, you know, setting up a business, you know, is really hard. You know, in your career, you know, things can be difficult. And I think there are always going to be times when you really doubt yourself, you know, whether it's that you're kind of trying to apply for jobs at the moment and they aren't, there aren't really many out there or whether it's that you're setting up your own company. I think you're always going to question yourself and, you know, uh, question your actions and worry that maybe, you know, a little bit of imposter syndrome, I suppose. Um, and I just think it's really crucial to make sure, you know, you allow yourself to have these feelings, but to also know that, you know, it is natural, but you can overcome it. And that really all it is, is about persevering and making sure that you keep going. Um, so I think that's probably the first one that I think is definitely important. I think, yeah, it all starts with your mindset. Um, I think uh, the second question um, it's definitely around the idea of asking the right questions. Um, so I know I've just spoken a lot about um, about this and about communication. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important to ensure that when you're approaching conversations with customers, for example, with clients, um, that you're asking the right questions and listening to find out exactly what it is they need from you. Um, I know that in my experience within event sales, especially, um, it's something where, you know, if you're selling like an event space or a wedding, you always kind of think, you know, this person's really going to want this because it's what everyone wants. And then sometimes you have a client and you actually approach these conversations and realize that actually that person wants completely the opposite to what everyone normally does for their wedding or for their event. And it's only you only find that out by actually asking the right questions. Um, and again, if it's a conversation to try and get sales as well, whether it's, you know, in your own business, I think it's, yeah, asking these questions. Um, yeah, it's just so important. I think, you know, if you have an idea and you say to people, oh, you know, what do you think about this idea? Most of the time people are going to say, yeah, that's great, because you're kind of feeding that answer already by asking them so I think it's about asking you know certain questions where people really have to give you their opinion and you find out more and then you can tailor your offering around that as well 
Um, Great. Good yeah. advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and then a few more really. Yeah, I'd say, and then I'll go through these. I think another one is that, um, yeah, focusing on your strengths, you know, knowing your limitations, just at the start of a business, you might have to do a little bit of everything. So just, you know, knowing knowing what it is that you can do and if you need help, outsourcing it. Um, of course, timing is everything as well. So I think, you know, it can take a lot of time to build up a business. Um, and I think having the end goal and being able to work backwards and create an action plan is really important. You know, plan out your finances realistically just to ensure you take the right step at the right time. Um, of course, it's never a right time, but at least if you're setting yourself small goals, you can focus on those. Um, and I think finally, the most important thing as well is to mean that, you know, success means different things to different people. Um, and I think before you embark on anything, it's always important to ask yourself, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? There are going to be times when you question it. Uh, but if you have a strong purpose or like an end goal and you know exactly what you want to achieve, um, then it's easier to make sure that you feel fulfilled in what you're doing. And if you're feeling fulfilled, it's a lot easier to push through, push through those doubts um, and achieve your goals because you can then just you know remind yourself that this is why you're doing it that is such good advice I couldn't agree more I think there's a, definitely a lot of ups and downs and it's important to be confident and and be true to your original idea and and as you say ideas grow and change and they evolve as the market needs as well so I think uh, patience is definitely important, just patience with yourself and patience with your ideas to, to give them time to grow at least. Yeah, exactly. Completely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So thank you so much for sharing, Ellie. I really appreciate all the advice and answering the questions. I do know that you'll be coming to Hong Kong potentially soon. So for anyone that's interested in reaching out to you, be it in the UK or Hong Kong, I'm sure you'll be available here very soon. Yes, definitely. <laughs> cool. Do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, yeah, I think I would love to kind of know a little bit more, really, obviously, with regards, you know, to digital marketing and setting up a business. I'd say, you know, what are the most important things to kind of get right to begin with? I know a lot of the time people are setting up a business and you're kind of unsure where to start. But what things do you think are the most important to get right almost straight away? Um, so I would normally advise people from the get go, like you said, to have a very clear philosophy and image on the type of brand or service you want to build. Yes, it will probably change, but just to be clear on what you stand for, what you believe in and what you're going to offer people and then know well sort of what your edge or your niche in the market is, because obviously the broader service you're offering or the broader your product is, the harder it is for people to know why they want to use it and why they want to buy it. So I feel like a lot of people also need to be able to understand what they're trying to communicate of what they're offering so that you're sort of building the need for it in the market. You're letting people know, I'm offering you this, I can solve this problem, you can do this with it. You're sort of educating them on what you're offering as well. Um, so firstly, it's building that sort of brand image and clear direction in what you're doing. Yes, the website's very important, of course, but if you're doing it wrong, there's no point and benefit to a website. Um, a lot of people say, oh, I might not necessarily have the budget. And if you're just starting off, maybe you just want to start a podcast. Maybe you just want to start a blog first. You have to sort of find the channel that is best for you. 
Um, because I think a lot of people try to cover all the channels immediately and and delve into all the marketing things they need to. But the smaller you start and the more focused you are, and if you do it right, it will grow naturally with your just if you have a podcast or just if you have a blog. I've spoken to some startups where they started just as a blogger and they grew from there. Other people started with a podcast and they grew from there. Other people would kickstart just an Instagram or your website. So it honestly depends on the service and the the sort of product you're offering where you should be more focused on. Yeah, no, that, I completely agree. That's really good to know, actually. Like you say, just get it, you know, start small with what you know that you can do and then do that and work from there so yeah no I completely agree exactly yeah no need to spread yourself too thin (laughs) exactly um I think the other thing as well is you know a lot of people talk about growing your email list because I know that I've uh, I know of people who you know who've grown their Instagram and then things kind of happen or you know they get it hacked or something and then they lose it and people are saying you know what's really important to do is to grow your email list um because then you obviously always have that but what kind of tips that you've got on like how best to do that I guess so for email marketing yes it's definitely important because I think it's a way to keep everyone updated um letting them know what you're doing or if you're driving sales or have something special going on um I do think a lot of companies at the moment take email marketing for granted like I personally get a lot of emails sometimes and I'm like I only really needed to hear from that brand once this month (laughs) not every second day or every week so I think one of my biggest advice would be is when you do do email marketing consider what are your main trigger emails you need to focus on is it like a, a thank you when people signs up what is in your thank you email is it important for you to let them know you have new products do you want to let them know you do free shipping so consider every email very carefully because you don't want to bombard people either so if you have trigger emails limit those trigger emails to where it's most effective and make sure that every trigger email is linked to your social or something interesting that will pull people back in. Um, I think abandoned cart emails are very important as well, but be very strategic on what you write in that email. And then newsletters or campaign emails are also very important. Um, And there's a whole email strategy you can really technically build out. But for me, the most important thing is if you don't get excited to open up that email, don't send it out. Because you don't want to have people feel like you're spamming them. And you want to sort of get them excited when they do receive your email because you're either linking out to an interesting blog or a relevant topic or something that's useful and helpful Um, because that's what it really should be at the end of the day is you're building that relationship. Um, And I think a lot of brands just do email marketing and they don't make it pretty. They don't make it engaging. They don't make it useful. Um, And I think that's sort of then you're on a dangerous territory as well to be unsubscribed yeah um so there's there's a lot one can say about email marketing but um yeah but definitely important to grow your list I think a a good tip to grow your list would be I recently helped one of my clients to grow their email list by having a small offer by if you sign up today you get 10% off your next purchase or sign up today and we'll send you some freebies or you have to sometimes do a little bit of marketing behind the signups to get more people to sign up yeah definitely no, that's a really good tip. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think another one that I'd love to know about then, more kind of tips and tools, really. Um, but yeah, maybe for digital marketing in general or kind of for creating online content, have you got any good kind of tools and things that you use for that or that you would advise your clients to use? 
Sure. So I personally use a few different apps when it comes to social media content creation. Um, but I do think it's important before you start creating content is creating sort of topic verticals. So say Monday, I'm going to post something engaging. Tuesday, I'm going to drive back to sales. Wednesday, I might post something to inspire people. Thursday might be something educational. Friday might be I don't know, something for the weekend, but you need to decide what your content pillars are and make sure you touch on them every week. Um, so again, knowing what your brand communication is, what your strong points are, what you want to communicate is very important. And once you have that, um, one of my favorite apps to use for editing pictures would be Teza. Um, I actually have a blog that I wrote where I, I sort of listed my favorite apps um, Storylux is a good one if you want to sort of design cool templates. Um, and then I also started using Canva a lot these days, which have little video GIFs and stuff. So all of these are really good resources if you want to sort of create creative content. They really have pre-templates for you. Um, so those are some of my personal favorites. Um, but if you know Photoshop and Illustrator, um, those are great too. Um, another tip for content creation would be if you um, collaborate with people, that's probably one of the best ways is like collaborating like with a guest blogger or um, like we're doing where we, we sort of do podcasts together or stuff like that. All of that is also really good content at the end of the day for your social media management and you're able to reach out to, to new followers because you're collaborating with new people and they're sharing as well. Um, so there's different levels of content one can do with influencers and partners and brands and then also create your own. Yeah, I think that's really good. I actually use Canva quite a lot. Um, I almost didn't realize how much you could do on there as well with even like your scheduling and everything. So, yeah, I think that's really good. Really good. Yeah, that is a very good app. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think another one then would be, yeah, what do you think that people kind of get wrong um, or, yeah, I suppose one thing maybe people get wrong um, in their marketing um, and also maybe as well what when it kind of comes to, you know, building an engaged audience, what metrics are the most important? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> so I think sometimes for me personally, what I think a lot of brands get wrong is when it starts becoming too salesy and um, when content is too much about the product or too much about the business, um, I think people need to be in the mindset of I'm building a community. I'm building people that I care about, that care about my product, that are here to support me. What can I offer them? And then the business and the sales will also then come naturally. So for me, when I'm building content calendars or when I try to engage, it's sometimes not, it doesn't always need to be product related. It could be something um, that's just interesting, but still relevant to your brand. Um, so for me, things like that are really important. And I feel like a lot of brands can sometimes be very sales heavy and then it doesn't feel authentic. So that's why I'm a, a big believer in influencer marketing or like freebies or offering people something um, just to show you care. And I think a lot of brands also what they could be doing more of is CSR communication. If your brand is doing something great with someone or you're thinking of something or you want to support something, this should also be part of your engaging content that you build out because people care about what brands care about. If I know a brand that's 
really supporting sort of a, a project in South Africa or Africa, I might be interested in that because I'm from South Africa. So people forget that sometimes building that smaller niche and, and showing what your brand cares about also can become really engaging content. And a lot of people forget to communicate those points of their business. So that would be one. And then for the metrics... Yes. So that's a tricky one because everyone has different aspects that they're measuring. I've had some brands that only want to measure the engagement or other brands that obviously you're measuring the sales. Um, or it could be you have a channel KPI where you want to reach a certain amount of followers. Um, so the metrics would totally depend on on the brand. And what I normally suggest is have like, a monthly or quarterly um, sort of follow-up where you're like, okay, where am I with my KPIs? What is working? What didn't work this month? And what can I do better of next month? So for me, metrics and analytics is something you look at on a weekly basis or monthly or quarterly basis as often as you can and adjust whatever you're doing to make sure that you're reaching whatever metrics it is you're trying to aim for. Um, but definitely obviously creating a more authentic split between engaging content and metric-based content, be it sales or engagement. So it's going to be a mix of that. That's really helpful. Thank you very much. That's really good to know. Hi, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was great to touch base with Ellie in the UK and talk more about healthy communication and healthy well-being mindset. I do look forward to hosting a webinar with Ellie. Stay tuned if you're keen to join our course that we'll be launching soon, which would be Kickstart Your Business, where we'll discuss mindset and marketing and how to get you started for 2021. So looking forward to doing that with her and we hope you learned something useful today. Do get in touch if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast. Look forward to chatting to you again.